VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. In, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. What are you taking for lunch tomorrow? Two slices of. Did you put <laughs> out more? Did you take more brats out or no? No. <laughs> Nicole's been trying to feed me brats every day of the week, Monday through Friday. I just don't she know. Just takes to, out. I don't know what to feed him. I think I've eaten eight brats this week. He just likes meat, so I'm like, okay, as long as I can just buy meat. And right now, brats meat are... Meat and cookies. Thing. That's what she's enticing me with, just meat and cookies. Well, Victor, that's all you like. Today I had pizza. I've been... <laughs> gen- <laughs> generally, though, what I've been eating hasn't been terribly unhealthy, honestly. The right. portion size has been smaller, and I've been running every day. Today I wanted to be unhealthy because I had a big exam today, and I think I passed my exam. Hopefully I'm not jinxing, jinxing myself. Yeah. But yeah. It was but a- so for tomorrow's lunch, what are you taking? Do you need me to make you a sandwich? <laughs> Nicole's been trying to force me to eat egg salad. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been forcing you, trying to force you. I just love Yeah, you, you can make me a sandwich. The right? Amish made the egg salad and it's really good. I am okay without that. Um, Ooh, we have to water that little flower. It's dying. That's the one that I got you. I know. Pull it down For over Mother's here, Day. So I know that. So for one of Nicole's Mother's Day gifts, oh my God, it's so dry. Go water it right now. Hurry up. What? Come on. We'll water it afterwards. It's so parched. Yeah. That's, this. see, this is what you do to me sometimes. You don't oh. water me. You don't groom me. You don't care for me. You what don't you put me in the about? sun. And then I look like this. <laughs> this plant, so fragile, so frail. You're ridiculous. It's losing its petals. It needs, and look, if you shake it, you can feel it's like one solid block inside. It yeah. needs hydration. They all do over there. I forgot What are you about doing that. with those plants? Um, I forgot about them for a little bit. I've been watering my outside ones. Yeah, and, I, and it rained today, so you don't have to water them today. I know, I love that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that for myself. <laughs> right now we are uh, waiting for one more minute to pass so we can speak with our guest, uh, our guest is Dr. Courtney Tracy. She is known as the Truth Doctor on all social platforms. Yeah, she has like 1.6 mil on TikTok. A mil, a mil, a mil, a mil, which is pretty crazy. I don't, I, I'm, I don't get TikTok, so she's gonna have to teach me a thing or two. Are you mean Tic Tacs, like the little mints? You're obsessed with TikTok. It's been a long. You're so, obsessed with TikTok. To be clear, I don't have a TikTok account. 
right? So I just watch. So you can get TikTok and not have an account and watch TikTok videos. If TikTok was smart, they'd make you get an account. But it's perfect for me because I don't. So I don't, you can't like anything, huh? I can't like anything, and I can't uh, like I can't save anything. So that's why. But you send it to me sometimes. I could send you a link. Oh yeah. And that's it. Or sometimes I'll screenshot it so I can look up the user so I can mm-hmm. show you later, you know? So I show Nicole like the... You do the, find some good ones. The animal videos or funny stuff. Um, there was one. <laughs> there was one. And this has nothing to do with animals. I guess there is some competition this show. This is so stupid. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing ever. And like I'm so sick of watching it. This is, But it is hilarious. So it looks like based off the TikTok that I saw, this competition show is you're in a pitch dark room and you have to go up and smell things that you don't know what you're smelling. So you just go up and you smell, you take a guess at what it is and you either hear a ding, like you got it right or (laughs) and you didn't get it right, right? And you don't know what it is, right? So what we see as in the TikTok video is a guy getting ready, right? And he goes and he lets air out, you know, like to be able to take a deep breath. And then you see him go... Take a deep breath, and then when you look, it's a person bending over with their butt cheeks (laughs) exposed. It's so not funny. He takes a big whiff, and it looks like there's like a plexiglass. Like, so he doesn't touch the person, but he can get really close to smell. Basically, his nose was in his butt crack. (laughs) He takes this big whiff, and he goes... Oh, oh my God. He goes, oh, that smells like ass. And then it goes, goes, ding. ding. (laughs) You see his face? Because I think you must just get one sniff because the way that he really inhaled that, I'm thinking you just get one sniff. And he looks up like, this can't be real. And it goes slow motion. You can see it in his face like, oh, my God. Like, he 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 didn't want that to be right. You know what I mean? Like, he was just making an out loud statement and, like, going to say his answer afterwards. And he's like, oh, my God. That smells like ass. Ding. He's like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, we better give her a call. Yeah. So... Uh, that was completely off topic, but <laughs> we hope you guys enjoy this episode. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, this is Courtney. How are you? Bienvenidos. Este es Victor Arroyo. Estoy aquí con mi esposa, Nicole Franzel. Yes, it's me. It's Victor and I. No, Nicole Franzel Arroyo is what I should have said. Nicole Franzel Arroyo. Anyway, yes, it is Victor and Nicole. I'm sorry. I was just teasing. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. So, Courtney, you are the truth doctor, also known as the no BS doctor. Um, where did that come from? I'm just, before I even get into anything else, because I saw that and I was like, huh, so wh- where does she get such a unique nickname? <laughs> well, thank you for asking that. <laughs> I, think I, you know, I lived my life for a really long time seeing sort of a lot of the BS that goes on in this world because I grew up in a very chaotic household with a very uh, traumatizing family system. And so it it honestly was just a lot of BS surrounding me. And so when I became a therapist, I decided to just label all of the stuff that I had and then, you know, everybody else's stuff that I was seeing in my clients as BS. And my job, I feel as a therapist, is to be no BS, to not do the things that other people do to people and to help remove the outcomes of all of the BS that everyone experiences. 
Do you mean like by BS, like um, sugarcoating things or um, making things feel, I guess, um, I'm kind of, I'm just curious what other, like what therapists would do. Like a normal, like what somebody would be like, you know what, I went to my therapist and Mm -hmm. they were just giving me all these things and I'm talking to you now and you're just giving it to me straight. Is that, is that kind of what you mean by that? Yeah. I mean, I guess an example would be, um, like, oh, I guess an example would be someone comes to a therapist to discuss anxiety and all that they really do is continue to listen to the person Mm -hmm. and learn about their anxiety and then just keep asking them. So what do you think is going to help you? What do you think is going to help you? And then they're in therapy for years and years and years. And honestly, I feel like that's BS. And I feel like Mm -hmm. it's like, listen, you tell me about what your anxiety looks like. Then I'm going to teach you about anxiety because that's the only reason I'm sitting here helping you is because I know all of this stuff about anxiety. I want to give all of that to you Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to come see me anymore. And I want to do it as quickly as possible. That makes sense. So I can see how you're not trying to Mm -hmm. prolong the treatment or try to keep you as a client to make money off of you. If anything, you're trying to get them as help as fast as they can to Mm -hmm. not have to see you anymore so they can cope with their mm-hmm. stuff and treat their stuff on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then I guess on the other end, just like as a human being, it's kind of like, I mean, I just think that a lot of the things that like parents do, like I'm a parent and obviously I have parents and just like what employers do. And, and I've been an employee and I've been an employer for several years. I just really like to acknowledge the humanity within each person, give people permission to be mentally well and be physically well and be their true authentic selves. And as you guys probably know, in just so many units, so many like family units and and corporate offices, you're not allowed to be yourself and you have to be very, it's very, it's a very strict environment. And, and I think that that's BS too. And, And that's often why people come to therapy in the first place. It's because they have had all of these people or all of these systems or rules placed on them and 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 it didn't work out and now they have depression and anxiety and suicide and trauma and and it's like i'm helping them get rid of all of that bs like that's not you you don't have to live by those rules and let's figure out like who you really want to be without all of that this episode is sponsored by love every so love every are play kits that are designed by experts for your child's developing brain you can feel confident you're giving your child the best start with a convenient plan for playtime they deliver each play kit for your child's exact learning stage so they have the right toys at the right time um victor and i already got a box for baby a and there's cute things in there for him through all the stages from when he's a newborn to when he's six months from like um, little bit of like puzzles and scratch mittens and um, like textile rattles and feeling uh, feeling different um, patterns and things like that. So every two to three months, they deliver a play kit to your home and it matches your child's development. So you don't have to worry about finding the right toys for your baby at the right time. And they're very modern and minimal. They believe that simple is better. And so that way that everything looks good in your home. So the the colors are very neutral as well. And since they're expert designed, um, they start at $36 a month. And a lot of people, a lot of customer testimonials have said that it's been such a relief to receive these beautiful age-appropriate toys, that it gives them peace of mind, especially as a first-time mother, which Victor and I are first-time parents as well. So it'll keep us right on track. If you want to check this out, 
Activate free content tailored to your child's age and get a peek inside the play kits at Love Every's website. Visit L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y dot com slash Coco, C-O-C-O to get started. That's L-O-V-E-E-V-E-R-Y dot com slash C-O-C-O to get started. And just to go backwards a little bit, uh, if, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 30. 30. So you're so going looking through your profile here, you're really young to cuz you're a doctor, right? You have a doctorate <laughs> degree in clinical psychology from uh Southern or California Southern University. You also have a what is it? A master's in social work from University of Southern California, and then you also have your bachelor's in psychology. Yeah. Uh, so you did a lot of stuff in such a short time. <laughs> what what drove you to do all that stuff and how in the world did you complete it so quickly? Oh, my answer, my honest answer as the truth doctor and my no BS answer is a lot of anxiety and a lot of trauma. <laughs> I really, what I did was I decided to essentially self-harm myself by overworking and ignoring my nervous system and riddling myself with anxiety and I you know I drank and used substances for a really long time probably like 12 years throughout that whole time from like 15 to 27 and so I really was just kind of wanting to put my head down and not interact with the world around me and just do everything that I could to learn as much as I possibly could about why my family was the way that they were, why I had the responses to my family that I had, and why the world is in such a state of distress and suffering. And so I think it was a really positive thing that I, I, it was 12 years of higher education from 17 to 29. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it was it was worth it because now I can help people. But looking back, I would tell anyone that's interested in doing or having a similar path to me to just take care of yourself at the same time and make sure that the goals that you are working towards aren't just to fuel like this anxiety or this trauma. Like I just wanted a place to put the anxiety in. If anything, it actually just caused me more than less. Oh, I bet. And and when I think about all those years in college, all I could think about is like, I saw a documentary about Adderall, for example. And (laughs) that seems like, They say the only thing that's wrong with Adderall is that it works so well. Like that's the downside (laughs) because it works so well that you get all the stuff done and more than that you never would maybe otherwise. But then Mm -hmm. you become dependent on that thing and you don't eat and you forget to sleep and, you know, obviously all the things that come from it and just taking a substance all the time. But, you know, it's things like that, right? That, that, yeah, you could drive and have that thing that's going to get you that angle, but was it worth all this suffering to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, And I worked in addiction for eight years and I just stopped actually working in addiction a few weeks ago when I sold the treatment center that I founded and ran as CEO for four years. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) But that's a lot of, you know, I'm glad that you brought up Adderall because it's not only like substances that people sort of attach themselves to, to get through life, Mm -hmm. but it, but we also are addicted to so many other different types of behaviors that people wouldn't even think about, like overworking or staying in higher education for 12 years and really anything that we can do to not think about 
the things that we don't want to think about. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And think and talking about prescription drugs, I know they have a they have a they're having a court case right now, aren't they? Uh, with like three pharmaceutical companies, I think that were selling opioids or marketing them oh, more. Yeah. And uh, uh, I can't remember what state it's in. Um, but that, that's another thing that I think is crazy how they pump out. Cause I think the whole thing was they were pumping out these opioids with little, uh, regard or regulation behind mm-hmm. who was ordering them and, uh, kind of just like feeding the, uh, feeding the addiction rather than actually trying to get it to hospitals where it could be used for mm-hmm. that. I think that's what the whole deal is there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the opioid epidemic is so huge, and it it has been at least for the last like 15 years. And it only really became prevalent in, I would say, (laughs) mainstream society when it started hitting the suburbs Mm -hmm. and when it started affecting the white population. And then all of a sudden, the people in control cared. And so, I mean, that's not good that that's what it took for people to start to pay attention. But what is great is that these people, they when they first started marketing opiates, they did not disclose how addictive it was on yeah. purpose. And that's part of what they're being sued for. And then not only that, but they waited until everybody got addicted. And then they are the company that also came out with the solution. Oh, you're addicted to our one medication? Well, here's another medication. Yeah, here's Suboxone. Yeah, let's let's give you <laughs> exactly. Suboxone now to get you off of your your uh, your addiction. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's 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 just crazy. Um, and so many questions for you. So things right now, like do do you see addiction, or not addiction? Is I guess mental health is is it more prevalent or is it just more talked about, right? Or is it both? Is it becoming more prevalent and at the same time it's becoming more talked about? Therefore, you see it more. I think it's both. You know, I I, I honestly wish that I could answer that question and just say that people are talking about it more. Um, But that isn't true. It is both because because we haven't talked about it for so long, it's gotten worse. Okay. You know? Yeah. And 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 I I hate to bring this up because I always bring it up. I know you're going to bring up social media. Social media. I think <laughs> I think that is a driving. I mean, I'm not saying it's a sole reason that it's increasing, but it's definitely a big reason why the younger generation mm-hmm. is having you know more mental health issues because they're comparing themselves to their mm-hmm. peers and people that are older than them, but all around the world, opposed to just in their small environment, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. And not only is there comparison, which obviously lowers self-esteem, can make eating disorders happen, anxiety and depression, but but the the increase in interaction solely on social makes it so that these kids, they, they don't even know how to interact in person mm-hmm. with each other. And so then the substances are even more alluring because it's well, now I'm not behind a now I'm not behind a screen anymore. I'm standing in this group of people. I have no idea what to say. I don't have a filter over my face. What if they don't like my clothes? Oh, somebody brought alcohol. Let me take a sip of this. Oh, wow, I feel so much better. Yeah, that that is very true. And mm-hmm. and there was a, I watch documentaries all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> um, they it, talking about like simple things that you would normally learn in in any regular kid's life, conflict resolution. Right. Which comes from having that conversation with somebody, not just being able to send something through text or a DM or um, or being 
able to say whatever you want without any repercussions negatively to somebody because you want to tease them online when you might never say that in person. And if you did unknowingly insult somebody, they would react to you (laughs) and you would either feel embarrassed or, or you would apologize or you would taper back what you're saying. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's freedom to kind of be whoever it is that you want to be. And that that could be a good thing mm-hmm. or that could be a really bad thing. And most of the time it's used, it really is used negatively. That that veil of social media causes a lot of pain for people. And so what, what would be your advice to somebody, let's say somebody like me, I don't think I have any mental health issues, right? Let's just say mm. maybe I do and I don't know. But <laughs> let's say I don't want to get to that point where I do, right? I'm going to start on this end and get to the other side, okay? Mm. So what can I do for myself, constant maybe practices or, or, or things that I could do, incorporate in my life to keep myself healthy, not only physically, but mentally, That's a really good question. And I wish that that question was asked and answered for every child before they become an adult and have to ask that question. And then they've likely already have issues going on. But I think that the, you know, my first, the first thing that comes up to me or that comes up for me is like, you know, what tips or tools can I provide? But, But ultimately it comes down to learning. It comes down to if you feel like you're in good physical health right now and you're in good mental health right now, then learn about what that means. Mm -hmm. Like learn about if you have the emotion of anger, what's going on in your brain? If you're having the feeling of nausea, what may be happening in your body? And, And I think educating yourself on how your body and your mind work since they're not going anywhere throughout the entire course of your lives. And they, they are the two things that contribute to illness, whether that's mental illness or physical illness, we need to know how we work. We need to know how we work. And I think that growing up, we get, you know, maybe we get like a sex ed class and we get like a a one physical education class. And maybe we take psychology 101 as an elective if the other elective that we wanted to take isn't available. And then that's it. That's it. And then we're stuck in this body and we're stuck in this mind. And and we forget that we can continue to learn about the two things that we need to have in our own control before they get out of control. So really my suggestion is, is, is learn because then you're going to learn about what's going on for you. And that's when you can pick the best tips and tools. Absolutely. Absolutely. I vividly remember when I was a kid, I, I mean, I can't remember when exactly, but I know I was a kid, I was really young and just putting my hands out in front of me like in a movie and like rotating them back and forth and going like, <laughs> why am I here? Like, yeah. like what, what is, and then every once in a while as an adult, it's like, why we have to work to get this mm-hmm. thing called money to make right. us, you know, live and be happy. Like, why did, why do things, you know, I don't know things that just go on in my mind, I guess. <laughs> um, but on I the- think, well, I, I want to <laughs> pause you there just because when you just said that, I felt like, I, I'm so happy that you said that and that you shared that because I think a lot of people think those things, like, but, but yeah. they think that they're weird for thinking them. Like, yeah, like, let's talk about how strange money is. And let's mm-hmm. like talk about the fact that like we have 10 fingers and like other animals don't and like <laughs> why, and like our brain is so complex and what is our mind? Are we our mind? Are we not our mind? And I think that when, and that's kind of what I mean by educating yourself, because when people are in severe anxiety, 
or I guess existential anxiety, existential depression in an existential crisis, those are the types of questions that come up. And if we don't have them answered already, then sitting with the non-answer in our depression, anxiety, or grief, our trauma, it can lead to severe confusion and a, and a desire to like not want to be here because it just feels so unanswered and so ungrounding. So like having that education and those answers beforehand, and then you come into anxiety, like let's say you start to develop anxiety because you're in a really stressful job, but you know what anxiety is, you know how it may show up in your body, and you know how your body already works. And so when you start to feel it, then you apply the tips and the tools that you've suggested or that somebody else has suggested. So just thank you for saying that, because I think a lot of people don't share Absolutely. that they have those quote-unquote strange thoughts that are absolutely <laughs> normal. <laughs> Speaking of which, what what is, so Nicole, she's, she's done a lot better. I mean, she had a spot of an anxiety for a while, and she was very open about it and talked about it and got advice from a lot of people, and she's been able to do well with it. I mean, she's right here. She, she can attest to that. I think I've always had like situational anxiety in nursing school. Mm -hmm. Like I would get anxious before exams and stuff, but then it would just go away. And then it, after Victor and I got off of the amazing race, Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that was just 30 days of fight or flight, honestly, because we made it all the way to the end that Mm. when I got off, my body didn't know what to do. It didn't know how to relax. And so then I went through, I'd say a whole year of almost a panic attack a day, not just anxiety, but like a full-blown panic attack in the emergency room. And I couldn't like quite grasp it for the longest time. And I, I, I didn't want to have to be dependent on a medication because mm-hmm. there is that like stigma, but not only that, like that wasn't really stopping me because I knew um, my friends were like, it changed my life. I did this, but I just wanted to be more powerful than my anxiety and, and think that I could control it. But then, um, finally <laughs> I was like, I got healthier after reading like books on my subconscious mind and I learned how my mind yeah. works and how I can control and like learning about your subconscious mind. I feel like that I, re- I tell everyone to read the book, the power of the subconscious mind, um, because it changes everything for you. And mm-hmm. then once I got control of it, I decided, you know what, I'm going to get on a dose of medication too. And so mm-hmm. now I am on something um every day and i am pregnant so i switched to another medication that's safe but so far two for two both of them have been wonderful and it's (laughs) it's completely changed my life and i i just tell people don't even mess around like if you need if you think that you need medication try it because um you can i tried for so long to fight it and it just made things worse for me yeah yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like I, I love that message. There really is a stigma around medication. And, and and to be honest, rightfully so in some circumstances, because just earlier we were talking about people that make medications mm-hmm. and that they don't, you know, disclose the things that they should or like, is this actually going to be helpful for me? Yeah. Why is the doctor describing? There's reasons to be concerned, but I think that there's too much of a hesitation, like you said, when it might be needed. And as a therapist, the thing with medication, there's some therapists that are completely against it. Mm-hmm. And then some therapists that want everybody to be on a medication. And, and the way that I look at it, at least with you know my experience of people literally becoming addicted to every possible addictive medication, is that it, it's, still, it's still necessary sometimes. And then the reason why is because it takes time to re- 
wire your brain. Mm -hmm. And if you are suffering because of the current state of your brain and your body, there's no reason that you need to continue suffering as you're healing. You just don't need to do that. And so, you know, you would talk anyone listening, like you would just talk to your provider and be like, listen, I don't want to be on this long term. I want a current Mm -hmm. solution while I'm working on coping skills. And I think people don't realize that. It's like the goal really should be to start medication, get you up to a level that you need to be on. Mm -hmm. And then once you're there and you're stable, then start applying coping skills. And then once you've really gotten those coping skills down, then you can even start to slowly lower your medication based off of your based off of your medical doctor's recommendations as you continue to increase coping skills. So one goes down as one goes up. Totally. Totally. And I, um, so I'll just be open. I'm on 25 milligrams of Zoloft right Mm -hmm. now. And I know that can be used for depression or anxiety where it targets Mm -hmm. my anxiety, but, um, I feel like, I don't know if it's the placebo effect or what, but (laughs) just like taking it because it is the smallest dose I think that you can take or Mm -hmm. that'd be effective, but either way it's worked for me for a whole year. And I'm just like, I don't want to know if it's like, if I stop taking it, I'm like, oh my God, I, I think if someone switched them, I think in my mind I'm controlling it, but if someone switched them with placebo pills, I'd probably be okay too. But I, I'm now I'm like so grateful for them that it's, it's, yeah. it's just this weird, like, no, don't take me off yet. I'm, I'm good. But, um, and, yeah. and I never felt like, oh no, I need to go higher. I need to go more. But some of my friends have felt that. And it's just all, I think, about absorption and stuff in our bodies. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your anxiety is that much worse. It's just kind of like alcohol tolerance. You know, I can have one beer and I'm buzzing and might take four for somebody else. So don't be like, I just want to say to anyone out there too, don't feel like, oh no, my dose is so much bigger. That means I'm so much worse. Mm -hmm. No, I I don't think so. It's just different bodies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that because, yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that like we literally absorb and metabolize medications Mm -hmm. differently. Mm -hmm. And so I just love that you said that. Thank you. And do you know if they're working on any technologies beyond medication? Like maybe I'd seen a study several years ago about putting like an electrode in the brain to help balance the chemicals in the brain that cause some mental health uh, issues. Uh, Is that something, do you know anything about that? Have you read anything about that? You know, now that you're bringing it up, I definitely remember like hearing something or reading something about that, but I don't know too much about it. I guess what comes up for me when you say that is, is that a permanent device? And that feels really invasive and it also I feel like takes away like the power of the person it's like now like now your brain really is out of your control and like it's gonna stay that way it's kind of could be kind of scary that is yeah you're right I I never thought about it about it like that and that Mm -hmm. kind of that does make sense um so uh where where can people find you where can people look you up I know you have a how wait time out how did you get so famous on tiktok (laughs) How did you, how do you, how does one, how does one psychology doctor amass one point, what did you have, like 1.6 million followers on TikTok? Yeah, I think it's just from telling people the truth. You know, one of my, that's why I call myself the truth doctor. My first viral video, and I really do things differently than other therapists, my 
my first viral video was me dressed in like a black leather outfit and like dancing around to some song that I think is in is in it's it's in a different language and and honestly I think it has like sexual lyrics which I had no idea. <laughs> Find out after the fact. Like, like girl, do you know what this is saying as you're dancing around in leather pants? And I didn't. But it said it was super short and it just said I don't know who needs to hear this today but if you stopped t- if you stopped not letting your kids feel their feelings then they wouldn't have to come to therapy to figure out their feelings when mm. they're adults kind of like calling out parents which i think like a you know i think most therapists would be like i am absolutely not putting on black leather pants and dancing to sexual music and calling out <laughs> parents on a children's app but i think that it was really important i think and i all and most of the comments were from kids saying thank you so much for showing us that a therapist can understand that there's times when parents really are making us not be able to feel our feelings. And so I think I just make bold statements and I do, you know, some weird stuff. And (laughs) I think people are just, I'm really trying to destigmatize professionalism because like my generation and the younger generations below me, we are very like hesitant or mo- many of us are of, of certain types of professionals, you know, oh, like yeah. that this, they sit on the couch, like other therapists, they sit on the couch, they have a very soft voice. They act like, you know, nothing's going wrong in their life and they're here to just, Oh no, you're a doctor. You, you're, you're a doctor. <laughs> you have to be of the utmost mm-hmm. professional mm-hmm. standard. If you're not wearing a, a suit, you know, right. some sort. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I understand yeah. that. It's just, it kind of like blows my mind. It's like, I've never been the kind of person to pretend. And so it's like all the doctors that are wearing the suits, that are wearing the white coats, that are talking in a very soft voice are then going home and they might be like throwing back a shot of whiskey, playing some pool, listening yeah. to some rock music. <laughs> and like, that's great. And it's like, let's like, I, I'm, I'm really interested in, in ha- helping professionals that help human beings realize that they also need to be a human being because we are mirroring creatures. And if we if we're the client and we're sitting there and we're like, oh, we're like, I'm so messed up right now. I have to be sitting here talking in front of this therapist. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm super messed up. This therapist looks like she has everything together. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of like debilitating. And, yeah. and I think that there's like a comparison that goes on. And if the, if the client can feel like the therapist is a human too, not that we have to share our struggles when we're in the room because our client is paying for their time, but it's, it's important. Like a lot of my videos on TikTok are talk about my severe, severe anxiety. And I've listed out some of the traumas that I've been through. All of the comments, you know, besides the people that are like, oh, I can't believe you're sharing this stuff on social media as oh, a therapist. They, like, that, okay. They're always there but, and they'll be there forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the, the positive comments are from other therapists saying, I'm throwing away my suits. You are giving me permission to be myself. I never thought that somebody could still express and show that they know exactly what they're talking about and can give ethical and legal care and still be a human being. Mm-hmm. And we need it. We need to stop hiding ourselves. <laughs> we well, really do. Absolutely. And, 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 I'll, and I'll be the first to say if I come across a professional that I feel is down to earth 
and I can relate to, I'm going to trust them a whole lot more. Totally. Right. If, if yeah. I think you live with this stick up your butt and you, <laughs> you, you like belittle people or look down on people because you're such high and mighty, then it's right. like, I don't even. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and talk <laughs> to someone that I feel like I have to, um, not div- like give the whole truth because they're going to judge me or yeah. because mm-hmm. like they can't relate to it or I feel defensive. Cause I, um, mm-hmm. I've definitely talked to a therapist before being on four um, reality TV shows this mm-hmm. last time. It was like we all had to. And so sometimes it just comes off as, wait, wait, so do I need, I need to defend myself right here? Or how do I, yeah. fo- how do I finish, follow up this sentence? Like if I give you two, like, cause what's really crazy is me being so open about my anxiety before I went back on the show for the fourth time. Um, it hurt my chances of going on because they're like, Hey, I don't know if you can like, if you, can you handle this? Wow. And so I was defending myself mm. like, wait, yes, because I shared that publicly and I'm wow. trying to help other people. Now you want to like take away my chance because you don't <laughs> think I can handle it. And so that was like really annoying and hurtful because you know how many people have it, but they hide it. So you're telling me, yeah. okay, if I hit it, I wouldn't have to go through all these hoops, you know? So very frustrating when you think about it. So now whenever I share about my anxiety, I'm thinking, oh no, is this going to keep me from potential opportunities in the future because I'm being open and trying to help people. And now I just say F it, like, just do it. (laughs) It's important. important. You're you're definitely helping people by being honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you... Um, in your practice, are are you, I know you said you had a treatment center and then you sold that. Congratulations. Uh, now, are you now just doing one-on-ones or, or what's your goal now? Like what, what is your main focus? Well, it's been just a few weeks. And so I am just doing social media right now. My, my goal is, I mean, I have a license. I can see people, but it's, I feel like what I'm going to be doing instead in the future is not working with clients, but working with therapists Mm. and helping them learn how to navigate the legal and ethical world of being a therapist while also being as much of a human being as they possibly can be. Because doing that, I can help so many more clients. Yeah. Yeah. Post a one-on-one, you're helping one person that's going to help hundreds of people and Mm -hmm. multiply that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Well, we're happy for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Thank you. And uh, The Truth Doctor, that's on all socials, right? Yeah. So thetruthdoctor.com and then the period truth period doctor on TikTok and Instagram. And I haven't figured out how to change my YouTube website name yet. So just go to YouTube and search for the truth doctor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely learned a lot and I love the conversation. So knowledgeable. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. You You too. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I learned a lot. I love your openness with your anxiety. I really do. I think now that I've gotten so, f- I like to think that I've gotten past it. Mm-hmm. I, it's easier for me to talk about when I'm going through it. It's actually hard to talk about because then I realize, Oh yeah, crap. Like I do have that. Yeah. So now I think if anyone were to ask me, I can answer questions a lot better because I'm not in the fog of having it. Okay. No, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you are, this week would be week in pregnancy. What is it? 30, 
34, no. 33. Victor, you just liked my video, put hard eyes on my video 33. today. 31. 31. You That's don't a- even read my captions. <laughs> Babe, I was. At I'm a wor- really big numbers person. I was at work today. I saw the. I saw your video and I saw how beautiful you looked, and I just got mesmerized in you. I didn't have to read a caption. I was what what at are we you. gonna do when this baby glow is gone? What do you mean? I'm Babe, gonna get you like. I know, I'm gonna get acne and stuff back. Nicole, stop it. We'll have to get pregnant again. <laughs> you look beautiful. You're you you're as beautiful today as the day I met you. Well, okay? I mean. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I think, I don't think actually I'm, I'm probably not any cuter, right? I'm a lot like, what I'm just saying, do I you look are any? cuter? No, I'm saying, um, <laughs> like it's all, it just makes me feel like I'm glowy, even though. Oh, the pregnancy you're saying. Yeah. The pregnancy I'm saying it, it makes me feel glowy, whether I'm actually glowing or not. <laughs> got you. Got you. You know? Yeah. It's a mental thing. Do you have a weirder normal for us today? No, I don't. You don't have a weirder normal? Oh, yes, I do. Okay, weird. Or normal. Um, last night we were sitting on the couch and Victor um, went in his belly button and then pulled out a piece of lint. Is that weird or is that normal? Okay, Nick, this is what Nicole does when she can't is think of a weirder weird normal. Time or out. Is that Time normal? out. I didn't do that. Is it I... weird or normal to find lint in your belly button? He didn't do that. Okay. But... But I did have an anonymous person, Victor, so I was trying to use you. Well, you could have just said an anonymous person. Is it weird or normal to find lint in your belly button? So I won't say that I have never found lint. <laughs> so for example, you know when you you know when you have a hoodie that's like brand new yes. and it like really fuzzy? So I've had lint in my belly button because of that. But I don't think it's normal to regularly have lint like where is this lint coming from <laughs> do you remember rugrats mm-hmm. do you know rugrats just came back did it really i just saw something on, on i was scrolling through twitter news or whatever and it said rugrats are back and it's like not the old cartoon cartoon it looks like a 3d cartoon but it's still the cartoon rugrats so it's still like tommy and chucky yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting i used to really like that show so did i, I used to watch but then it all if the you time. try to watch it now it's really terrible uh, yeah because i tried to watch spongebob the other day and <laughs> you know I, you're, you're just way too intellectually like intelligent to enjoy i feel like a spongebob episode yeah i, I used to love that stuff though jimmy neutron yeah, I Boy Genius. I used to Cat love Dog. that show. I was show. a fan of Cat Dog. Cat hey, Dog. Hey Arnold was my favorite. Hey Arnold was a really good one. Okay, so back to the lint. So the I think on Rugrats, I remember when I was a kid, like people, I think it was the Rugrats would like pull like coins out of their belly buttons and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that happening. Uh, Anyways, it just made me think like when you're I little. I could see Chucky right now like looking down at his belly button yeah. grabbing something. I, I, I can't remember... The exact context of what you know what I remember. I remember one time in Rugrats, the uh, Chucky had a pee, but they had to wait because they were going to do this race through the playground, mm-hmm. and it, Chucky wanted to go pee. And they're like, "No, you got to do this race." So he's like, "Okay," and he got ready, and he had to pee so much that he went through the whole thing really fast, and then he went to the bathroom, and he won. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought this was going to be like a really good story. Nothing, not deep or intellectual <laughs> at all. But that's good that you can remember the an app like something that happened in an episode. The only thing I can kind of remember is, do you remember those gel, like the 
green jobbly jellos that mm-hmm. the mom would like bring out and take to their neighbors. That mm-hmm. was like a constant thing. <laughs> like, what the heck? I bought so when Rugrats the movie came out, um, and it was what was the green their green dinosaur monster thing that was also their like mm, it was yeah. like their cart or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when that movie came out, I bought the soundtrack like the CD. No way! I hundred percent did. I bought that, and I was so pr- like I was so cool. I would just have the soundtrack in my hand, that is like the CD so in the, in the case, and I thought. You know, and one of the songs that was on there was like, uh, these boots are made for walking. Really? Yeah. It's just so crazy. So I'm, weird. I'm not even, I'm, look, I'm not even lying. I'm being dead serious. Huh. But How so, long did you watch uh, like Disney and Disney till, would you say? Not Disney. The Disney Channel. Or any, I, I don't think that was on Disney Channel. No, I think that was on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. But I'm just curious. Um, I watched Disney Channel all the way till like 16 or 17, maybe even 18. Not that long. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, that was what I watched. I think ninth, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So ninth grade, I was in Puerto Rico uh, mm-hmm. after Hurricane Katrina. I never watched TV, re- really didn't have um, uh, yeah, I didn't grandma. watch a lot of TV either, but when I did. No, no, no. It's not that. Like mm-hmm. if I had a TV, I would have watched it. But in Puerto Rico, in my grandma's house, mm-hmm. we I didn't really have a TV or the channels that I would have over here in the U.S., you know? Uh, so like, you just stopped watching TV Like stateside, not, not, yeah, I know Puerto Rico is part of the U.S., everybody, but it, you know, just the island, we didn't have the same channel. So I just didn't watch TV. But I, what about after that? Because you watched like, you know, so many, I'm saying after when he went back. Oh, when I moved back to Louisiana. Because you know so many old movies and so many references and feel (laughs) like your family like really kept you up to speed on um, TV shows and classics. Whereas for me, like I still to this day haven't seen Titanic or... Which we have to fix. Oh, that's a good, weird or normal. What's the run, run, forest run? I haven't seen that. So Nicole Nicole hasn't seen... I watch Disney Channel. That's what it is. (laughs) Nicole hasn't seen Forrest Gump. Yeah. Classic. Nicole hadn't seen Pulp Fiction until I showed her Pulp Fiction and she probably still can't even remember it. And I don't think she finished it all the way through. I wasn't a fan. That's like one of the best movies out there. Uh, yeah, Nicole hasn't seen Titanic, which is so... Weird. That is just beyond me. And you like Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor. Yeah. Right? So that's I would just, like that movie. Yeah, we should watch it tonight. That's no, what we should do. No, it's long. <laughs> Anyways. Lint in the belly button. A little bit weird <laughs> if it's happening regularly. If it's, <laughs> if, if it's every once in a while, I don't think that's weird. But if it's all the time... You might need to <laughs> shower maybe a little bit better. Maybe open that belly button up, run some water in there. <laughs> Did you make that up? I feel like you made that no, up. Like nobody messaged you. No, someone messaged me about that. Okay. Now they're going to feel really bad. That you just said that I made that up. Why? Did they say they do this every day or that it just happens? That it happens regularly. That it happens regularly. Hmm. Well, it doesn't happen regularly for me. I would say that's a little bit more on the weird well, it side. Well, was really but- weird. It was really coincidental because um, I thought that I saw you picking your belly button last night, but that's not what you were doing. So that's how I remembered. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't picking my belly button last night. <laughs> I would be straight up about it if I was. I just wasn't, though. Oh, man. I'm just like tired right now. Slap happy. <laughs> 
Anyway, thank you guys so, so much. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest way is on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and you can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com and you can check out our merchandise there. Don't forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram and at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. Thank you. Thanks, guys. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.